You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 35. Hey there, Impact Drivers, Laura Bernard here, your host of the PMO Strategies Podcast. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I know you are going to enjoy this episode because we are talking all about sponsors, how to engage them and keep their attention so that they can support you in accomplishing their goals projects, programs, portfolios, or even the PMO. Because we know that without their support, we are going to have a really difficult time being successful with the work we're doing, uh, for them, by the way. Yet it seems to be so difficult to get and keep their attention. So we're gonna dive into the techniques that I've been using for over 20 years to solve this problem and I'm gonna give you some great takeaways you can go use right now, today, to make a bigger impact with your PMO, your programs, and your projects with engaged sponsor support. This episode is sponsored by Project Management for Change. Project Management for Change is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to unleash the boundless potential of the project management profession to empower and transform communities around the world. They do this through pro bono support provided by professional project managers to address nonprofit organizations' most pressing world-changing initiatives. They provide the support at the signature event called the Project Management Day of Service that is happening all around the world. It's a community outreach event of unprecedented scale, enabling pro bono project management services for nonprofits and social organizations. And through continuous delivery programs, ensuring focus on the right projects and seeing those projects through to completion. If you want to learn more about the Project Management Day of Service events happening around the world, how you can get involved, or how your organization could sponsor this fabulous nonprofit, just go to pm4change.org. That's pm4change.org. And as they say, join us in changing the world one project at a time. Okay, let's dive in. Have you ever gotten frustrated because your sponsor didn't do what you were expecting them to do? I know I have. I used to get really frustrated that they seemed to not care as much about their own project or PMO as much as I did. It was super annoying. Many years ago, I went to work for a company that wanted me to quote unquote, turn their project managers into program managers and make them a PMO as if I could just say, poof, you're a PMO. I thought, okay, this sounds like fun and a lot of challenge. I was totally up for it. I went there all supercharged to teach their project managers how to raise their game and take on a more strategic perspective of the organization. I wanted to help them see the big picture and put themselves in the shoes of the business leaders, helping them execute their business strategy. And as it turns out, in this particular role, That was the easy part, or so it seemed. I was making great progress with this transition from project to program management with my PMO staff, but things still weren't improving as fast as I felt that they should be on the programs. Something still wasn't right. 
I knew instinctually that the results should have been better than the incremental improvements we were seeing. So what was up? So then I started to shift my focus to the sponsors. I saw how long things were dragging out because sponsors were completely unreachable. They never seemed to have time on their calendars for the program managers, nor were they available when stuff started hitting the fan and decisions needed to be made. Yet they were saying that all decisions had to go through them as sponsors. I'm sure it's obvious to you why this would be an issue. Why wasn't it obvious to them? In fact, they were often missing from the program sponsor update meeting that was being given to them for them to help them with the program and let them know what was going on and where we needed help. So that was the first problem that got addressed and that happened pretty quickly. The guy in charge said, listen, you guys need to be coming to these meetings. These sponsorship meetings around your programs are really important. So attendance came up, but that was only the first issue. What was happening inside the sponsor meetings was even worse. I decided to start sitting in on these sponsor update meetings and I sat in on sponsor update after sponsor update and I watched the cowering and nervous program managers I had coached and developed, the ones that were now thinking and acting more strategically, or at least I thought, and they sat fearfully in meetings waiting for the quote-unquote beating they were likely to get from their sponsor. The conversation would go a little something like this, and I mean every time. Project manager would say, Here's where we are in the program. We have a variance from baseline on X, triple constraint item, here are the issues. And they would list the problems they were experiencing, what was going on with the program, where the challenges were, the reasons for any delays or problems they were experiencing. And the sponsor would say, this is unacceptable. What are you going to do about that program manager? And then a back and forth argument ensued, ultimately leaving the program manager in the position of defending themselves and having to figure out how they were going to solve all of the problems by themselves. They were afraid to ask for help and didn't know it was even okay to do so. Then it hit me. After watching this for long enough to make sure it was a consistent issue and not an isolated sponsor problem, I knew we had a lot more work to do. I kept thinking to myself, why are they doing this? Don't they understand that we are here to run their programs with them? If we fail, they fail? After a few conversations with sponsors that were brave enough to tell it like it is, and yes, this did take some time and patience to peel back the layers and build trust before they would spill the beans, I finally understood what was happening. Frankly, they didn't understand their role. They had never had a PMO before and project management and program management was something that IT took care of. The PMO was a business function there to execute business strategy for this division and ultimately later the entire global organization. But it was new to them and the concept was championed by a business leader that was also fairly new to the organization. So he knew what was supposed to happen. And I think he and I both were assuming that the sponsors knew how to perform their role. And frankly, they just didn't. 
Program management was a much more business-focused experience than what they had typically seen by project managers in the past. They just didn't know there was another way. And they certainly didn't know their role in supporting these more strategic programs that were there to lead to successful outcomes. It was just a different way to do things than what they had done in the past. So in order to help them, I had to understand where they were coming from. And now I finally got it. It was naivete, not lack of interest or desire to support these programs. No one had really explained to them what a sponsor was or what they were supposed to do in that role. This is why you will find me saying often that it's so important to never assume that your audience, quote unquote, gets it when you're bringing change into an organization. You can make an assumption and you can get way too far down a path of acting on that assumption without bringing your stakeholders along with you. In this case, this senior business leader and I had some work to do because they didn't understand their role. We had to teach them. So listen, the number one factor in determining success or failure of your change initiative, according to ProSci, which is where I got my change management certification, is sponsor engagement. The engaged sponsor tells everyone that this initiative matters and they are willing to remove barriers to prove it. So that is something you must get right if you're going to successfully drive your change. So now I'm gonna give you some examples and some techniques that you can use right away, today, to start shifting the conversation around the role of a sponsor in your organization and how to ensure that you set them up for success so they can help you with your PMO, portfolio, program, and projects. Tip number one, make sure they are actually sponsors. Often we have folks in our organization that we call sponsors, but they barely engage long enough to help you define the project or create the charter, or maybe you just consider them the check writer. As a result, you stopped hearing from them after their signature was on the dotted line. If they don't care or they're not impacted by the outcomes of the initiative, they may not actually be your sponsor. You may think they should care, but ultimately, if they don't, they may not be the right person to go to for help with removing barriers, obtaining resources, and solving problems. In that kind of a situation, you may want to talk to folks in your leadership team to give you guidance or do a little investigating yourself to determine who really does care about these initiatives, who is most directly impacted or truly benefits from the outcome to help you find that real sponsor then you must get them engaged. Step number two, define their WIFM. WIFM is what's in it for me, which you probably have heard of before. It's a way that we talk about focusing our energy on determining the what's in it for me for our audience. In this case, the sponsors. Ask yourself what they win or lose as an outcome of this initiative being successful or not so successful? Do they win if this change is successful? Do they lose? For example, do they lose their employees if this change, which might be a part of a reorganization, were to happen? What good things might happen to them if this change doesn't succeed? What happens to them if the change works? You need to understand their motivators so that you can understand how to talk to them. 
because if you talk to them in terms of their own WIFM, you will be speaking their language, a language that they care about. Now, in our case, with the PMO that I am using in as an example here, the first order of business was to get agreement from the PMO sponsor, the person that insisted upon us being there in the first place, that his business leaders had to have more of a stake in the outcome of these programs and to really clearly articulate that they owned these programs. They were going to be measured by the success or failure of these initiatives, and they were accountable for making sure the program managers had what they needed to do their jobs, which was to execute these programs with the sponsors and ultimately achieve the huge strategic outcomes that we were shooting for. And frankly, he was pretty clear that their WIFM was that their success was tied to the success of these programs. It was super, super clear. Okay, step number three, set expectations. You see, your sponsor may not know what you need from them. This could be the first time that they're in this kind of a role, or maybe no one ever taught them how to engage. So now you have to teach them. Talk to them in terms of what you expect from them and what they can expect from you. It's important that you do this both ways. They need to know how you will communicate with them, what you will share, what you will need from them and when, and how you will engage with them throughout the life cycle of the project, of the program, or of your evolving PMO. This contract sets the tone for your engagement. Now, in order to figure out what the right level of expectations and services should be for the PMO and for PMs, you should definitely go back to doing your homework and understanding what the organization really needs from you. This will help you figure out how you support the execution of the business strategy for the organization. And it depends on the culture of the organization, the trust you've built with your stakeholders, the strengths and weaknesses of your organization, and the needs of the business you are there to solve. This will inform your role as a PMO and for each PM and help you have good conversations with your sponsors about what they can expect from you based on what they've told you they need. In our case, in this example, we really had to start from scratch because first we had to educate them so they understood their role. And then we had to do a lot of back and forth around what they should be doing to support this program that, by the way, was for them and for their business and for their teams. And also what we were going to do to help them from the PMO perspective with me as the leader and from all of my program managers. We really had to lay it all out for them. And then the next thing we had to do, which is step number four, gain commitment for real. So speaking of contracts, you really need to write it down. The act of writing it down and sharing what you've agreed on makes it more real. Also, to make it feel real to them, have it be your standard sponsor engagement plan document approach, meaning that you're not making this up on the fly, of course, because this is how the PMO does things. This is how programs are run in organization. That gives it the validity of a, this is how we always do it, to get to the outcomes we're trying to achieve kind of a mindset. Sometimes if your stakeholders feel like you're creating something on the fly, they're gonna say, oh, well, we don't really need that. But if you say, listen, this is our tried and true best practice for getting the kind of outcomes you're looking to achieve, 
If we take on this program, if our PMO supports this program for you, this is just one of the ways that we ensure we're going to achieve the outcomes you're looking to achieve. We gain commitment and we have a contract of sorts between us that talks about who's going to do what, so everybody's clear on the expectations. And you're gonna to wanna to get confirmation from them. Make sure they understand, you know, by asking questions, not talking at them. So in our case, we had to agree to some basic tenets of sponsorship. We had to explain the role and help them understand how they were to interact with the programs and the program managers. We also had to be crystal clear on our side. We had to explain to them the role of the PMO and the program managers running their programs. It's important that you do this both ways, and that was something that we really emphasized in our case, because they need to know how you will communicate with them, what you will share, what you will need from them, when you will need it, and how you will engage with them throughout the entire life cycle. This will be your foundation that trust is built on, and you've got to lay that foundation thoughtfully. And that leads to step five, tell them what you need. In an article I wrote in the past called Project Communications Your Sponsor Will Love, I explain how we need to communicate with our executives in meaningful ways and give them the information they need to make educated and informed decisions to keep your project moving forward. I've used something called an IRMA, Items Requiring Management Attention, to do just that. And this is kind of the area of your status report or your project dashboard or your PMO dashboard that tells the sponsor, I need you to do something. Frankly, management really appreciates the directness and the guidance on how they can help you. What is the issue and what specifically you want them to do? Executives love simplicity, pictures, and when you answer their sometimes unspoken request to show me what to focus on. You can often find me saying, tell them what they need to know and then Stop. Stop talking. Stop writing. Stop explaining. Just stop. Because your stakeholders are incredibly busy, your sponsors immensely so, and they've got a ton of meetings and they might not be just sponsoring your program or project or PMO. They might have a bunch of different programs that they're supporting. And we need to make sure that we are super clear and specific about what we need from them and how they can help you move your initiative forward. Now in our case, in this example, we got very clear and specific on what we were gonna be asking from them, when we were going to need it, what information we would provide, and we started to communicate on a regular basis on what I call the one-page executive dashboard, which was a one-page view of everything they needed to know to ask and then answer the right questions to help us move our initiatives forward. It worked beautifully. And I highly, highly, highly recommend you keep it to one page. Any more than that, and you risk them going down into rabbit holes on information that isn't even critical to you getting to the outcomes that you're trying to achieve. And then you've got to go back to your team and say, sorry, I need to have another meeting, which by the way, I can't get on my sponsor's schedule for a month because we couldn't get to the point and get the decisions made and keep the project moving forward. And speaking of moving forward, step six, tell them where you need them. 
Just like you don't like being dragged into a meeting after meeting all day long, neither do your sponsors. Generally, your sponsors are people that are in management within an organization, and that usually translates to lots of meetings. They shouldn't be in every meeting. Use your meeting invite thoughtfully. If your sponsor is in a meeting, they should be there for a very specific reason, and you should have a very clear outcome you expect from their attendance. If you fill them with too much information, they won't know what is important and what you need them to act on. Tell them what meetings you're having and which ones you need them in, on, and for what specific reason. And while we're talking about meetings, give a little thought to the number of meetings you're having and why. If there's a meeting specifically to give status, put it in a one-page report and move on. Have a quick five or 10 minute conversation or find another creative way to disseminate that information without writing a novel. You do not want to get 16 people together in a room just so everybody can have their five minutes of sunshine talking about that project that they're a part of while everyone else just kind of listens. Status information should be done outside of meetings. Meetings should be action oriented and specifically to achieve a decision or an outcome. You can also use them for brainstorming and such, but if it's just straight status, save people's times and calendars and find another way to communicate that information. Just make sure it's succinct in whatever form you put it out in. If you write big long paragraphs or have pages and pages of status reports, the likelihood is that people aren't reading them anyway. Another technique around this can be doing stand-up meetings. Maybe you have a daily or a weekly stand-up to give the high level what's changed and what's coming kind of a conversation without having to dive deep into the to-do list that everybody spent time on. Now, I will give you a little bit more in next week's episode when we talk about sponsor communications and effective communication strategies. But for now, just be thinking about what you can do to streamline your sponsor communications so that when you do engage with them, they know exactly what you need and how to give it to you. Now, in the case of this example PMO that we've been using today, once we did all of this work to set expectations and talk about what we wanted from them and what we needed from them and where we were going to engage them, we had to bring it all together in a draft document, a draft contract to discuss and collaborate on so that we could ultimately reach agreement around accountability and everyone's role in that process. Now, the draft is super important. You never want to, as a PMO or on a program and project, take some kind of a contract, if you will, about how your sponsor should engage and how you will engage with them and treat it as if it's final. The draft is important because this gets to all of that change management and organizational change I talk about a lot. If you want people to come along with you in a change you are trying to create, you've got to do it with them and not to them. And simply documenting in draft form the things you guys have already discussed and talked about allows them to see their ideas on paper. It's not about your ideas. I'm not saying they can't be there, but it should very clearly connect with what you heard from them and how they want to be engaged with and what they will do to support the program. Now for the sponsor, we developed a basic set of expectations we felt they could live up to. 
And while the list wasn't exhaustive, it was a pretty good start, a good way to start the contract and build the relationship between the program managers and the PMO and the sponsors. The key is not to come to the table with all the answers, but with an outline of some of the answers and then let them think about how they can help and add to the list. If you want them to own it, you definitely want to make them a big part of the contribution process. You want them to create it. Now here are a few examples of things you can do to make sure you get and keep their focus by streamlining their communication with you so that they aren't getting overwhelmed with so much information. Okay, first, use CC carefully. They should not be on every email you send. Like I said about the meetings, you don't want them in every meeting, you don't want them on every single email. You will have them poking their nose into all kinds of stuff that you really do not need them doing, and it will slow you down instead of speed you up. Make sure that you, in your contract with them, are super clear on where they are supposed to provide decisions, and most importantly, what should be delegated to you, to your program manager, to other people on their team, so that you don't have them coming in and stirring things up or not really helping you move the program along because they don't really have the context. And that leads me to number eight, don't give them too much information. Give them just what they need to make educated and informed decisions, then stop. Have I made that clear yet? The sponsor with too much information that isn't at all relevant to what you need for them to do is a dangerous weapon that should never be fired. You see, when they are not focusing in their area of strength at the strategic level and helping you keep the vision moving forward, keeping the strategy clear, keeping everyone aligned from a strategic perspective and acting as your champion, they might get too far in the weeds. So we've gotta make sure that we've got them at that right level. And to do that, we go to number nine, which is actively and regularly engage them. You do want to engage them, but it's got to be at that right level. And this is a two-way street. If you share with them the information they need to know on a regular basis and engage them in a meaningful conversations, you'll generally get what you need and you won't have them going to the wrong level of information or kind of diving deep in things where you don't need them or staying too high level because they think that they're not needed. Don't just call on them when there's an emergency. You will have to spend more time than you would like getting them up to speed just so that they can help you move things forward when you're stuck. But if they've been kept informed to the appropriate level all along, they'll be able to act quickly on your behalf. So you're gonna to wanna to decide what that right level of information is and what they're going to need to know and keep informed on so that when you say, hey, remember last week when I told you about that problem I thought might hit us, that risk we were talking about? Well, it's happened. Remember how we said when that problem came up, you would have to make a phone call to the VP of IT to move things forward? Well, it's time to make that phone call. They already know, they have the contacts, they understand the problem, they know exactly what you need from them, and they're ready to act. That's what you wanna do. You wanna get them right to the position of taking the action you need. And also, number 10, be very respectful of their time. Frankly, many sponsors see the programs or projects or the PMO that they're responsible for overseeing as a time suck because we don't have the right level of engagement with them. 
So make sure that at every turn you are only including them in the meetings they need to be in and that you're very respectful of their time when you send emails or you give them updates. Make sure to check out pmostrategies.com forward slash 035 for some examples of this kind of communication that you could use to give them a brief update, for example. You see, the goal is to leverage them to help you problem solve and support the initiative, but you don't want to bring a laundry list of complaints to them because frankly, they don't want to hear it. It's time consuming and unproductive. Save that for another time that you've set aside specifically for discussing grievances and just stay laser focused and keep them focused on what you're trying to achieve when that problem arises and you need quick action. You want to see that more as like a coaching session that's off the record or not when you're trying to drive a decision. Now, speaking of coaching, number 11, if you need a little help in getting them engaged, figure out what kind of manager they are. Some people aren't very focused when it comes to the details of a project, and maybe they don't need to be. But if you start with sentences like, could I ask for some guidance, coaching, thoughts, advice, leadership, etc., you might be able to engage them. If they like to share their wisdom and you know that they like to help support, but they need to feel like they're providing value, leverage this technique to get some of that wisdom thrown towards your project. And this is not sneaky or dishonest. This is called meeting your stakeholders where they are and engaging with them in the most effective way to get to the outcomes. Okay, number 12, and this is a super important one. Use the power of sponsor sparingly. It used to drive me crazy when people would name drop left and right to get people to act. You know what I'm talking about. Well, the sponsor said we have to do this, so that's why we're doing it. Or, well, the sponsor decided, or, well, the sponsor's not going to be happy if... That's not leadership. If you're a PMO leader, program, project manager, and you're using sponsor said you are diluting your own power and authority. If you go back to the WIFM for the stakeholder you're trying to get to move along, you should be able to motivate them properly. Browbeating them with the boss or the sponsor's name all the time is just gonna be annoying, and ultimately, they will see that you have no power. Have real power by leading. And last, but definitely not least, make them look good. People want to do well and they want to look good in the eyes of their peers, their bosses, or even for themselves. If you focus on communicating with them in a way that ties their with them, their goals, just remember before you get frustrated with your sponsor for not caring enough or being there when you need them, consider that they may not know that this is their role. This could be their first time in the role of sponsor, or maybe no one ever taught them how to engage properly. Or even worse, they have learned bad habits over the years that you will now have to help them break. Now you have to teach them. Be the leader, be the teacher, help them, help you, help them. Now this is the first half of the puzzle. We really struggle to get sponsor engagement and attention sometimes because they really don't understand their role. This week we've covered how to help them understand their role and how to properly set expectations. Next week, we're going to talk about what's next, how to properly communicate with your sponsor and other stakeholders to keep that engagement once you get their attention. 
That's it for today. Thank you so much for being a part of my community. Thank you for being an impact driver. Thank you for the big impact you're trying to make in the world. I would love to know what you think about this episode. Wherever you've found it, make sure you leave a rating and review if you love it. And definitely let us know what else you'd like to hear more about in the coming weeks and months so that we can help you make a huge impact with the PMO and program and project management. Have a fantastic and high impact day. Bye-bye for now.